Welcome to the Beyond High Performance Podcast, featuring content and conversations from me, Jason Jaggard, along with our elite coaches at Novus Global, their high-performing clients, and the faculty of the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. On this podcast, you'll hear some of the world's best executive coaches and high-performing leaders, artists, and athletes discuss how they continue to go beyond high performance in their lives and businesses. You've probably seen that the conversation around burnout is everywhere, whether it's as a coach, as a leader on social media, in your family, everyone seems to be talking about this concept of burnout. But what exactly is it? And how do we avoid it? My name is David Miller. I'm the Chief Expansion Officer at Novus Global. And in this episode, I'm joined by Melissa Cadell, Laura Leflar, and David Gerber to talk about avoiding burnout and what it looks like for us as coaches and the leaders we coach. We hope you enjoy this episode. The wait is finally over. Our new book, Beyond High Performance, What Great Coaches Know About How the Best Get Better, is available for purchase wherever books are sold. This USA Today bestseller is more than 250 pages of expertise, anecdotes, and insights from Novus Global Coaches, as well as faculty from the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. We are so excited to put our proprietary framework that has helped thousands of leaders achieve more into your hands. And we can't wait to see how you'll use the book to enhance your life and leadership. To learn more and obtain this essential resource for yourself, visit novus.global forward slash book. Welcome to this episode of On Coaching. My name is David Miller, and I'm joined by three powerful coaches from Novus Global. We have Melissa Cadell, David Gerber, who I'll be referring to as Gerber because there's only room for one David on this episode, and (laughs) Laura Leflar. In this episode, we are looking at burnout and specifically how to avoid it. Gerber, with more than a decade as an executive coach, I would love to throw this over to you and paint a little bit of the picture of what we mean when we use the term burnout. When I think about burnout, there's a lot of different facets of it for me. If we were to boil it down, I think the most clear illustration of it is this empty tank type of idea. And hmm. so it's this idea that you're you're this feeling in your body, in your mind, maybe in your spirit or whatever you want to call it, of like, I just, I feel a bit empty. And then when that that emptiness continues on a number of different days or weeks or months, or, you know, maybe for people listening, maybe you felt that for years before. And so I think overall, to try to keep it as simple as possible, it's just, it, it is a bit of a spectrum of of sometimes we feel more or less burnout on any given day or week. And I think it's keeping a pulse on that and noticing when is my tank going on empty for multiple days or weeks at a time or for a prolonged period. That's how I would probably define burnout the best way that I can. Melissa, when we were kind of prepping for our time, you gave a really fun example of a juice box. And I'd love for you to share that with the audience as well. Yeah, one of the best visuals I've ever heard of for describing burnout is imagine yourself as one of those little juice boxes and imagine just all the different areas of your life that are little straws and they're just like 10s and 20s and 30s straws just piling in and sucking you down into a little crumpled heap. And so imagine that burnout is a spectrum of it, right? So you can be slightly crushed or you start to get really depleted. And that's, I think, what Gerber's talking about just operating on an empty tank. But it's a spectrum of that, getting down to that. There's a chance that someone's listening to this and they're thinking, I'm kind of tired. Like, am I burning out? Like, are you saying that because I feel a little bit 
exhausted every once in a while, that I'm nearing burnout, that I'm a juice box that's getting empty. And I, I wonder if we can start to set a little bit of the tone around what are some of the symptoms that a person, a leader could be looking for to begin exploring, maybe this is describing me. And Melissa, I'm going to give it to you again to start. And then Laura, I'd love for you to add some to this, but what are a few of the symptoms for someone to be aware of to start to identify, kind of self-identify is burnout where I'm headed? Right. Because it is a spectrum, it can creep up on you, right? But some of the things you can start to pay attention to is not just emotional and physical and as Gerber mentioned, kind of a spiritual fatigue, but noticing like, where are you getting cynical? Where are you not enjoying Mm. things that you normally used to enjoy? Like it's a lack of motivation, but from a sense of like, everything is pointless why am I doing this? It's a disconnection from things that would normally have brought you joy in your life, a disconnection from purpose. So you start to feel that aimless restlessness sometimes, that can be a symptom of burnout. Just nothing matters anymore. I don't have a, a list of, of symptoms that's probably all-encompassing, but I can speak of what I've noticed for myself. And in our work, we talk about setting powerful visions being really clear on what the gaps are between today and our our powerful vision. And for me, when I'm getting to that state of burnout or sort of scraping the bottom of the barrel, I will start to notice that there's a pattern day after day that um, I'm not loving the gap. Mm. I'm like annoyed by the gap. I'm frustrated by the gap. And there's even this, you know, when I, when whether it's my coach or for myself, I'm making invitation of, uh, hey, what does it look like to love the gap? It's almost like I feel I cannot, I, it, it, I'm incapable of switching to that. And to me, that's a huge red flag. Like I'll be frustrated, I'll, yeah, cynical, being that like uh, annoyed um, where when I'm at my healthiest is like I love finding what the gaps are. I love figuring out, um, hey, where am I digging in? What's next? What am I up to today? And it's like that doesn't even feel accessible to me when I'm in that kind of burnout state. Yeah, I, I can think of a time uh, where I was so close to burn- what you're describing, Laura, just like all oh, sparked so many memories in a past I'm season sorry. of my <laughs> own <sorry>. life. <laughs> where honestly, you know, even here at Nobis Global, we talk a lot about feedback and we live in feedback. In fact, we have an incredible mm-hmm. episode on feedback that if you missed it, you should go back and listen to. But within the context of feedback, I remember just avoiding it at all costs because it felt a little bit like I was so close to the the straw that broke the camel's back, like one more person noticing that I'm behind on this project or that this is not exactly the way that we all talked that it would be is just going to throw me over. And so when I think of symptoms, when I'm coaching someone or even in my own story, watching for where things that would normally be small become large feedback that normally it would just be water off of your back or even when really healthy feeling like, wow, I am so thankful that someone noticed that as burnout starts to creep in, I become avoidant. Please don't notice. Please, I want to hide. Please don't notice this thing that is very clearly happening so that I'm able to, I make up this whole story for myself that I'll last longer, that if, that if no one's noticing, then I must be doing okay. 
But the moment someone notices and that it's clear, then I actually have to do something about it. Yeah. And I I think that's such a human experience. I mean, really, I think it's important to highlight burnout or being being tired, whatever. Um, As I say it, I think it sounds so obvious. It's not a it's not a bad thing. You're not a bad person. It's not you're bad at your job. It's not a moral conversation. It's a human conversation. And what you're starting to touch on, I think, are the possible costs. That's one. I think, you know, we might want to avoid feedback because, like you said, you know, straw that could break the camel's back. So I'm going to avoid that if I'm kind of running on empty. Um, I think there's probably all kinds of other things that I would otherwise find helpful that could be resourceful that I start to avoid when I'm in that state. That's really good. Yeah. I remember talking to a leader very recently and as the conversation was, you know, was leaning into there were some patterns that this leader was living in that was very clearly going to they they were starting to touch the wall. You probably heard that phrase like hit the wall. That is a phrase that is used often in the context of burnout. And this leader was starting to kind of brush against the wall. And as I asked them <laughs> questions about that and, w- and wanted them to notice some of the patterns that were coming up, this leader very, very clearly said to me, I'm not one of those leaders that burns out. I'm above that. I'm beyond my leadership. Mm. I'm so good as a leader. I'm beyond um, the, the propensity to be able to burn out even. And, and it was exploring, like, no one's beyond it. And, and in fact, the moment that you think you're beyond it, there are some really interesting things that we're going to want to explore together um, to move forward. And Melissa, uh, thoughts on any of that? I think what's coming up for me is you're talking about a leader who feels like they don't experience burnout. As I, my question that comes up for me is, what survival need is at play here? Like, all of us as humans, I know for myself, when I'm thinking through looking good, feeling good, being right, or being in control. What is the thing for me that's coming up to think that what's at play, I guess, is really the question. Because as you start to shift from just being tired, right? So burnout is a chronic exhaustion. And so as you're shifting from just being tired or in a season, it's shifting into the cynicism of hopelessness. So if you have a leader who is saying, if we would fool ourselves into saying that we're above burnout, my question is, aha, yeah, curious what story is running that. Yeah. Well, and if I were to add to that, I would say, you know, if you're listening to this and you think that you, maybe you think you're about burnout or never experience it, sometimes I think in isolation, we may feel like that. And I also wonder, you know, if you were to seek out feedback from people around you, what yeah. might they say? And are you, are, do you have the willingness to actually ask people for like, Hey, do you feel like I'm burnt out? Do you ever see symptoms of it? I was having a conversation the other day with with uh with a coworker and she had said like hey yeah I think I, I think I've seen you in that place and I was like oh really like cuz I thought like oh I feel like I haven't experienced that as much and so it was interesting cuz it was different than my experience but it was also incredibly helpful to say hey tell me more about that what did you see what happened there um and as a way to get a more of a 360 degree perspective on it um just to just to notice that and and uh be able to take that in and then play with that and see what you can do with it I'm curious there's someone that's listening and they go, great, you got me. I agree. Burnout is possible. I may be even edging toward it. What do I do about it? And Laura, I'll start with you. I'm curious about some of the ways that you avoid burnout. And let's start looking at like a strategy here, you know, and maybe the phrase that will that will 
put here is self-care. And self-care can mean many things to many people, but this well, we're coming from this vantage point of how do you fill your tank? You are Melissa's juice box and, and you want your tank to be filled as all of these straws, your role as a coach, as a mother, as a wife, as a friend, as a neighbor, as a, and then fill in all of the blanks of what that means to you. But come as a coach in this space, how are you engaging in self-care? When I think about that, the more that I'm connected to my vision for how my life runs, uh, the the more connected I am to self-care, I would say. And not necessarily in the sense that I'm, you know, doing meditation or like going to the spa or things that might be more obvious self-care kind of things as people think of them. But things like when I think about how I want my life to run, uh, I know uh, I, I know how I want things to go with my my kids, with my household, the, the space that I'm able to have during the day for work. And that's going to mean building a team. Um, and so I know a huge part of self-care for me, and, and I would put that, you know, synonymous with making my vision come to life for for how my life runs uh, is, you know, having someone to help in different areas of my life. So, I mean, I have someone who is with my kids while I'm working because that's my vision for how things are running. And, you know, there's other requests that I can make of people in my life, whether it's my partner or family, friends, or people that I hire to do certain things and build that team so that I can have things running in a way where I'm not carrying the entire mental load myself. Hi, my name is Mike Park, and I'm a proud graduate of the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. The faculty of the Meta Performance Institute not only provided the training, tools, and experience to learn how to coach people toward powerful growth and thrilling results, but also advocated for that kind of growth and results in my own life. I had the unique opportunity to have world-class executive coaches invest in my development both professionally and personally. It's a privilege to be part of a tribe of coaches fiercely committed to exploring what we are capable of together. If you're looking to become a coach or to set up your coaching practice to reach the next level, I highly recommend the certification from the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. To fill out a free assessment of your abilities as a coach and to connect with someone to find out if the Meta Performance Institute is for you, check out www.mp.institute. Yeah, and I would add to that if you're thinking about self-care and it's funny because it came into popular culture at a time and people sort of trivialized what self-care was. And so there's a spectrum of, oh, I took a shower today, hashtag self-care. Mm-hmm. And there's certain Things that are like basic humaning. <laughs> like I think if you're eating healthily, sometimes that's just basic humaning. So there is a sense of like, what is self-care for you, right? So what actually fills your tank and not to think that your self-care has to look like someone else's self-care. You know, Laura is saying that for her, having some things taken off of her plate and having a team in place to support her, that to her is self-care for her. You know, and for me, literally a bubble bath where nobody talks to me is self-care for me, you know, but it's not a trivializing hashtag. It's for me, it's a re-energizing of listening to myself. So then there's a space here of not trivializing and jumping onto the culture bandwagon, but self-care is literally taking care of yourself as a human and then how you fill up yourself to be able to serve the world around you, whether that's clients, even serving yourself as a healthy human, your family, and all the places in the world that you want to have impact and reach. And I think a lot of the things that you're mentioning in the trivial end uh, are things where they're escape, escape um, and and I think there is a place sometimes where it's like we do retreat and and rest. But I've also heard self care about like uh, build a life that you don't feel you need to escape uh, from. That's good. Um, I like and that, that building is is a is self care. What do you got, Gerber? To speak to I think to add on to what Laura and Melissa both said is I think it 
for me, self-care begins with a level of self-awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an understanding not only of being aware of what do you need to recharge, right? So for me, I've probably got a list of 20 things that I will access at a certain point in time based on all the things I've experimented with and seeing what kind of impact they have on me. And so I'll do, you know, so, so I actually do a thing where if I'm sensing any sort of a burnout or if I'm sensing that my tank is at all kind of going down lower than I like it to, I'll actually check in with myself and ask myself, like, what might I need right now? Mm-hmm. And then I'll, you know, create time for that. Right. So sometimes that might mean I need to go for a run or I need to work out. Sometimes it's like, I need to do some breath work. Sometimes I need a cold shower or cold plunge. Sometimes it's meditation. Sometimes it's going for a walk. Sometimes it's eating ice cream. <laughs> and I don't say that trivially, like, like sometimes it is like, I'm really and like just checking in with myself. Cause I really think that we are much more intelligent than we realize. That's good. As David Miller and I were talking about this week, actually, is, is this idea of how does self-care look in community as well? So that might be somebody might say, hey, yeah, like you having a 24-pack of beer every night it, that, you know, that you feel like is self-care may not really be. So it, there's like even like a feedback kind of mechanism of it, right? So for that, uh-huh. but if it's the other things where it's like, hey, I'm noticing that, you know, when you're taking care of yourself, when you're working out, when you're, you know, for me, when you're doing your ice baths, when you're when you're eating well, you seem to be more grounded when you're checking with yourself and you're doing whatever things that you do need. I find that in community, I get good feedback versus I, I can also sense, Hey, when I'm off a bit or when I'm out of alignment or when I am, my tank is lower and I'm not taking care of myself. And so I think it, we must have that level, I think of self-awareness to go like, what do I need and what mechanisms are available for me? to recharge, to take care of myself, to stay in a place that I'm healthy. Well, and being on the other side of you too, um, I mean, I hear you saying community is beneficial for you because you hear when you you will need that, you know, you're getting that feedback. Watching how you are tuned into that, I, I experience you to be very tuned into that conversation. And that's really inspirational to be around. And I've learned a lot. I didn't know about cold plunges before <laughs> I knew you, um, you know. And and just seeing seeing and you share things on social media and just you know as friends and all that so uh, yeah I think that's another benefit of community when we're when we're taking responsibility for ourselves and and our own self care then that's contagious sometimes too yeah I think what's interesting about that especially from the community context and one of the things I love about Novus is that we do get to check in with each other because we are in a community of growth so. We do have people that care enough about us inside this community. And I think all of us have communities like that in our lives, not just in the workspace. But I think of myself as a parent and as I'm modeling care, self-care for myself and what I'm teaching. I have three daughters. And so I think to them, I am modeling for them what a mom does to take care of herself, that a mom who takes care of her care of herself shows up in a different way. And I think of that as a business owner and I think of myself as a spouse. What am I modeling for the people around me? What am I modeling for my team? I think there is sort of a sense when you have, you know, perhaps someone who's in business who has a team that they're leading. And if they don't ever take those days off, if they don't ever take a vacation, there is a sense of like the rest of the team may not feel like they have permission to take care of themselves. And as a leader, there is an onus of like being aware of what does your team need and how can you serve them by modeling self-care? How can you model prioritizing, filling your own tank. I think that's really good. There's something very special about the way that this is living out specifically at Novus Global within really all of the team in the office and the coaches here. 
I'll echo a little of what I heard Laura say, Gerber. The one of the first times you and I met, you invited me to a cold plunge, and and we kind of <laughs> you know jokingly, but we kind of got into it for a, a minute of like, I'm not gonna cold plunge with you, dude. Like, what are you talking about? And then and, and you just recruited people to cold plunge, and it, this was no, yeah, this was before was Tahoe, and uh-huh. then it ha- and then the cold plunge oh. happened in Tahoe, but this was in Janet's backyard. Got it. And, and there was something so I was like, why are we talking about cold plunging right now? <laughs> And again, you, and I just want to like, you know, give you an acknowledgement here. You, you know, if you've heard of like AJ Jacobs, who does some like, like it's like human experiments on himself, he just tries things. And then, you know, he writes novel, you know, books about it, but you really live that out Gerber where it's, you're going to go out and just try it and see what happens. And you've paved the way for many of us in the firm, me included, I did take a cold shower today and of which I fought you on forever. And there is something really beautiful. And so that that communal aspect, not only to have other eyes on, you know, maybe where you won't aren't seeing yourself, but to have others that are modeling in such a way that it's inspiring and it moves. And so as I watch our team care for themselves, it encourages me and has me lean in to more intentionally care for myself, leading into one of the more healthy seasons that that I know that I've been in in quite a while. And so it's interesting to me to think through this idea as coaches, you know, I'll speak for myself first. I've been in coaching sessions where you know, I'm I'm walking with a client as they envision their future, as they're dreaming about what's possible, as they're accomplishing this vision, they're noticing gaps, you know, they're starting to notice some self-judgment or ways that they're getting in their own way. And and the session will end and it will be powerful work, an, an amazing session. I love what I get to do, but I will walk off that call just drained, just as a co- as the coach, just, de- just depleted and drained and in need of refilling. And I'm, I believe that like more than ever, that we neglect self-care as coaches at our own detriment. And this idea of how we can be there for others, like one of the most healthy and best ways for us to be there for others is to understand what we need and to be the healthiest version of ourselves. And and I think of terms like compassion fatigue. I think of, you know, there's like leadership concepts of lead out of your overflow. Well, how do you lead out of the overflow if you aren't filled and so many different aspects of that. And I'm curious, you know, maybe a final thought from a couple of us on here, not on in the episode in general, but specifically how you care for yourself and maybe even using some of our tools as some handholds in this. But, you know, what does it look like for you to to walk out of that call, to feel a little depleted and to fill back up before that next session, before you walk in with your family? Give me a little more context for that. What if one call could change what you once thought was impossible into a reality? Novus Global is offering you an exploration call with one of their world-class coaches to explore what you as a leader and your team are capable of. Novus Global is an elite executive coaching firm that works with multi-billion dollar companies, professional athletes, nonprofit leaders in faith and government, all to create teams, companies, and communities that go beyond high performance. Book your call right now, just go to novus.global forward slash now. 
So for me, again, it is that start self-awareness is kind of checking in what, you know, what might I need? You know, there is some of the basic things just like, you know, getting outside if you can, getting some sun, if you, you know, if the sun is shining, getting some light, things like that, which are just, I mean, I think at this point, the science has proven how effective that stuff is for you, which is, it's kind of surprising. Even sometimes just going outside barefoot and there's been scientific research on that as well. That's really intriguing to me around just connecting to, to the natural world, um, which is, is really, really cool for me. Um, and so, uh, which is why I think sometimes like the cold plunges as well as like saunas are effective. Cause I think sometimes the contrast therapy is helpful. Um, so each time I get off of a particular coaching session, I look at my calendar and I look at the rest of the day, which is what I do in the morning as well. I look at my calendar, see how the day looks, how are my calls stacked? Do I have good breaks in there? If I don't, how do I gear up my energy for two or three, you know, quick calls back to back or whatever? Then when do I have a break? And when I work with my assistant on building my calendar, I actually, uh, we have a protocol around building breaks into my calendar so I can get up, walk around, stretch, take care of myself, have a cup of tea, have a banana, something like that. And so I think it's, it, for me, my biggest encouragement and what I've done is I just experimented with so many things to figure out what really works. And when I learned, for instance, that cold water therapy boosts your dopamine 250%, I mean, in a really healthy way, the science is pretty cool around it. Um, I was like, wow, like that seems like a pretty, pretty crazy hack to me. Um, and so for me, it's, it's, it's figuring out what are all the options I have? How much time do I have? What can I do to recharge? Um, and then making sure I even start to build that into my calendar. So, um, so that's, that's my thoughts. Laura, what do you think? I, I echo the calendar. I relate to my calendar as fluid. I mean, Obviously, there's bookings in there, but in terms of how I structure, so I'll partner with my assistant and make sure that I'm getting breaks in there or, you know, I'll start to notice, well, like that many calls in a row is really tough. Let's build in longer breaks in between or, you know, whatever that is. I have three kids. So, you know, working from home is something that I manage. And uh, so I have made a commitment. <laughs> you know what? I think I'm noticing I'm out of alignment with it right now. So this is a good reminder, actually. But I've made a commitment that part of my boundaries are that when my kids come home from school, I intentionally stand at the door, meet them, give each of them a hug, decide, you know, to show up really enthusiastic, hi, welcome home, um, all of that. And it's like work is done for the day. And of course, there's some exceptions sometimes, but um, that I'm I'm not just ignoring them. That's part of it. And I I put a workout in my calendar. I put the block in there. If I, I find and I have experimented over, you know, five or six years of doing this, that if I don't put the workout in the calendar, it's most likely that I'm going to just get busy and it won't happen. This conversation has been so useful as we look as coaches, how we personally avoid burnout and the, the things we're experimenting with the way that we're leaning in to self-care. I'd love to shift the conversation for the four of us here, thinking through in the coaching we're doing with clients, what are some of the ways that our coaching is aiding a client in avoiding burnout? And Melissa, I love, I've had a chance to to peek in on some of your coaching calls um, over our, our our time together in this organization, and uh, and love the way that you approach some of this, and would just you know want to throw it to you to start us off. Yeah, what comes up for me is that I had a client who just in the last couple of weeks we were talking about the coaching platform that we capture commitments on, 
And I was noticing that she hadn't checked them off. And as we came into our call, I said, hey, I'm just curious around, like, how are you relating to these commitments? And she was like, oh, my gosh, it's just like it's just like one more thing to do is like adding to my to do list. And I was like, oh, excellent. We have prepped a whole conversation here about meta performance versus being a high performer. And so she was relating to this list as things that she had to do. I said, hey, on the other side of this, what how could this be fun? Like, how could you actually have this idea around relating to your list of like, what do I get to do? Right. The high performance thinking is very much like, let's get the things done, which leads to burnout. Because how long can your list possibly be? But if you're really operating from a meta performance space of like what's possible, what could be fun around this, and you create a list of activities and things you're going to do. Yes, it's a to-do list, but you get to relate it to it in a different way. Gerber, you have anything first there? Well, I think, yeah. So I, when I think back to, so, so part of me, this conversation is about how do I as a person, how do I as a coach, how do I as I just a, whatever role you have at whatever company you work at is how do I be a healthy person and how do I keep that sustainably? Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about a conversation with a client last night. And one of the things that he was noticing was just this kind of ever-present potential of like drifting from your vision. And so what we did, we spent a lot of time was reconnecting back to his vision and then expanding that. And some of you have, uh, some of the other episodes I've talked about the exercise of the top 10 in a thousand days. And so this is kind of like one of the things I didn't mention earlier around how important I think it is to be healthy and to avoid burnout is to actually stay connected to a vision that produces passion for you in your life. If you don't have a vision that produces passion for you, I don't think there's a way to avoid burnout at some level because I think you're going to burn out because you're just not excited about life. You're not excited about what you're doing, what you're creating in the world. Uh, And so as we began to bring that into the conversation, what he realized was how disconnected he was from a passionate vision. And so we got to sit with that together. And even throughout the 45 minute call, I could see his entire physiology start to shift. And he's like, man, I really, this is really crucial for me to reconnect to this passionate vision so that I can start to execute on that versus just going into work, you know, you know, clocking, I guess, whatever, but going into work, going home, doing over rinse and repeat, that gets to be boring if there's not some sort of dynamic in there that excites you. When you're saying that, I'm thinking the the definition of passion is uh, to be willing to suffer for something. So it's really your posture within it is like, I can, I can, you know, let's use the example of like working out, you know, I can work out because uh, I have to, or I can work out because I'm passionate about my health and I have a vision for keeping up with my kids and living a long time and all of those things. And then I do that uh, hard work from a different vantage point. And I know, David, you and I work with athletes. I, I would say in terms of the the client work that I've seen this um, conversation come up in is with athletes um, around their beliefs. Hmm. When we talk to professional athletes and their belief is, I need to be the best. And, th- and that's the question high performers are asking themselves, how can I be the best, right? When an athlete is say- thinking, believing, I need to be the best, and then they see things that are not going the way that they want them to around their performance, uh, there's a level of frustration that comes up. And so when I've worked with guys to shift their belief to uh, wondering, hey, I wonder what I'm capable of. And um, and replacing that belief of I need to be the best to uh, more resourceful, powerful beliefs around, you know, I can conquer anything that comes my way. And, you know, I, I could fill in the blank with all kinds of beliefs uh, that these guys create. 
And we make them over the top and powerful so that they're worth being right about because our brain wants to be right about things. So give it something worth being right about. And when they replace those beliefs and start working on that, at the end of contracts, they'll be saying things to me like, uh, I, I just enjoy my life. I'm willing to get out there and work harder and I'm having more fun. I loved hockey when I was a kid and that's why I wanted to play it professionally. I'm having fun again playing this game that I love. Right. So I think um, that's that's a huge thing that came to mind for me. Ah, That's good. Yeah, I'm thinking of that in the space of when you're comparing yourself to other people, I think there is a sense of burnout, right? So having to be the best is a very different mindset than what am I actually capable of, which is a meta performance mindset. So true. And it even happens. I work a lot with creators, with actors and writers in Hollywood, and I can tell clients sometimes their energy starts to get really low when they start to blame the industry for not hiring them or the ownership piece starts to shift around a little bit. You start to think about like, wait a second. When you're attached to your own vision and not worried about what somebody else is doing, when you are standing and what am I capable of? What am I exploring in myself? I think when people are talking about their vision for their life and the thing they're passionate about, it is connected to themselves. It's not necessarily from a healthy perspective to like to beat so-and-so. It'd be like, I want to win an Oscar, Hmm. right? I want to be known as this. That's a different to connect your own vision. And that's where the energy Hmm. comes from versus comparing yourself to other people. For those that are listening, maybe you're you're sitting there and you're starting to kind of take inventory of where are you coming close to the wall or where are you nearing the final drops left in the tank that that you want to avoid becoming empty at the end of the day. A couple things this as we highlight here, some of the things that we've identified One is truly, what does it look like for you to slow down and take inventory? Again, nothing prescriptive about that, but what does it look like just to sit for a moment and notice where you're avoiding feedback, where you are avoiding some of the things that used to bring you joy and are now feeling like the straw that broke the camel's back? What are some of the opportunities for you to experiment I know in my own story, I had some health things that went on for a while where some of the things that I enjoyed that once gave me life, I was unable to do for a season. And it required me to start over in discovering brand new things that will, that, that, that fill me and fuel me in a way that I hadn't ever explored before because now I had to. And so there's something really beautiful that as you have this investment that you want to make into this world, the vision that we talk about of meta performance and what it means in your life, how will you avoid burnout? Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate your time today. All right. We have a few more things to let you know about before we go. First, podcast reviews really help us serve more people. So if this podcast is helpful for you, we'd love your help to get it into as many leaders' hands as possible. Please leave us a review, even if it's not five stars. And if you really want to go the extra mile, let us know what you'd like to hear more of or what you think we could do better to serve you and the people you care about. Okay, second, we have more resources for you online and they're all free. We have free assessments, educational videos, articles from sources like Fast Company, written by our coaches and clients, all designed to help you use our tools in your everyday life and leadership. To dive into the free treasure trove of goodies we have for you, go to novus.global and then click on resources. Some of you have been listening for a while and you haven't yet taken that next step to hire a coach. This is your time. I can't tell you how often I've heard from clients around the world that they wish they would have talked to us sooner. If you have a sense that you're capable of more, we would be thrilled to explore what coaching could do for you and those you influence. 
Simply email us at begin at novus.global or click the link in the show notes. You also might be listening to this thinking, maybe you want to be a coach or maybe you already are and you have a vision to build a six or seven figure practice coaching people you love in a way that brings life to you and your clients. Well, that's why we created the Meta Performance Institute for Coaching. It is an in-depth coaching apprenticeship designed to help you create the coaching practice of your dreams. The first step in exploring that is simple. Just go to www.mp, as in metaperformance.institute. There we have free assessments to help you see what kind of training you need to create the coaching practice the way our coaches do at Novus Global. And finally, and for some of you, this will be the most important part. This podcast was produced by Rainbow Creative with Matthew Jones as senior producer, Steven Selnick as producer, and editors and audio engineers, Drew MacPal and Jeremy Davidson. We love working with this team. To find out more about how to create a podcast for you and your business, check them out at rainbowcreative.co. Thank you so much for listening. We love making these for you. And remember, dare to go beyond high performance.